0: And coming up next on to a new RFM, it's Thursday Finance with Brett Hall joining me, Jane Klein, and we'll be looking at the market snapshot with Henry Jennings. We'll also take a look at currency uh, and commodities and how they are matching up this week. And we'll be joined by Detective Inspector Matt Craft from the Fraud and Cybercrime Squad just to bring you up to date on the latest scams there are around. Thursday, finance with Brett Hall. Joining me, Jane Klein, and we do it for our sponsor, Pritchard & Partners. Now, there's been cases just recently, Brett Hall, before we get on to currencies and commodities, about... Uh, people downloading movies for free, which saves you money, <laughs> but um, right. there's yeah. some nasty uh, consequences happening yeah, that, at the
1: moment. That's right. Um, so there's been a, a case in the US where uh, it's been successful where IONet have had to reveal the uh, names and addresses of of their customers, so IONet being a, uh, an ISP internet service provider, and uh, they've had to reveal the, the details of their customers uh, so that they can be sent uh, fines, if you like. So... They're, uh, they're, they're chasing down now, the, uh, I guess, the uh, residents of the US that have been downloading movies.
0: So would that extend to uh, people outside the US as yeah, well?
1: That, that's right. I think it's, um, it's, it, it, will, it will venture further on from that. And uh, I think there's probably a lot of people now getting quite concerned that have been downloading movies uh, for free. And I think um, you know, it's been an issue around for quite some time. And I think it's finally you know, this, this case has really going to put an end to that. Okay. Mm.
0: So and of course they're not the only internet provider no, no, that, that that happens through. That
1: that's right. So it's not just the one internet service provider. Um that that's just the the recent case where where it has um been successful.
0: And uh, mm, yes. Yes, yeah, so
1: so be careful I guess because I think I think the uh it's about $7,000 they're they're saying in the media that um they're being sent. Um, i fine for, for a, okay a
0: yep. yeah it seems a lot to pay for a movie doesn't it
1: yeah that's right
0: <laughs> i'm sure it's a bit cheaper to pay for it legally and well I mean, there's
1: there's many new technologies coming out now and um you know yeah so I, I i think it's wise just to to stick to the the right the right channels for for uh, downloading movies, etc., do things by the book. That's right, <laughs> and you won't get in trouble.
0: Mm. We like to avoid fines where possible. Okay, so speaking about other money things, what's happening with commodities and currencies yeah, right.
1: and those things? So, uh, so everything's been pretty flat on the commodities front. So gold's at uh, 1,570, which is flat from last week when it was uh, 1,575. Silver's at 21.47, uh, which is down just slightly from last week. Copper 7,968, which is also flat from last week, very much the same, almost no no movement, um, and tin also just flat from last week at 21,876, and then currencies. Uh, so the US dollar, so we're um, 76.88, uh, which is just up a little bit on on last week, and that's probably as a result of the interest rate staying on hold, which we're, we're going to have a bit of a chat about later on?
0: With Henry, With I'm Henry. sure he'll have something to say about that.
1: That's right, exactly. Um, and the pounds, we're at 51.68, again flat, so the, the, the currencies are pretty flat from, from previous 51, weeks. 51,
0: that means almost $2 to mm-hmm. buy a pound. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that has dropped a lot, hasn't yes, it? Yes,
1: over, over a bit of time, yeah, but from last week it's pretty flat.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Alright, uh, the yuan is four seventy six, and New Zealand dollar is dollar and one. And the euro is 0.71, and it's uh, just 2% up from last week when it was 69.77.
0: Okay, so and the then... euro must be doing even worse than we are, yeah. our dollar <laughs>
1: is globally. You'd think. That's right, it yeah. is.
0: Yes.
1: All right, then on to the uh, indices. So the Australian market, um, it's been pretty flat throughout the week. We still haven't got to the 6,000 yet. And it was 5,928, um, which is up 1.5% from, from last week, but that's not, not a whole great deal. Um, the Dow in the US is 17,902. Again, these are flat from last week. Uh, the NASDAQ is 4,950. Uh, the UK FTSE is 6,937. Uh, the Japanese uh, Nikkei is 19,789. Okay, and then on to fuel.
0: Oh yes, fuel. That's <laughs> so where it hurts <laughs> or hits. Yes.
1: So the Brent crude is uh, down two percent on last week at seventy two ninety
0: eight. What's the Brent
1: crude? So yeah, that's a good question. We, we'll come to that after, if you like. <laughs> okay. After, we'll, we'll get on to the to the uh, at the pump because mm-hmm. that's what uh, I guess most people like to to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the central coast, it's a dollar thirty two fifty. Uh, in newcastle a dollar thirty three hundred and fifty and sydney a dollar twenty
2: seven
1: forty mm-hmm. so uh, it's uh, again sydney 's a lot cheaper than, than newcastle mm. it It flipped around uh, last week uh, and the week before but we 're back to to the way it has been for quite some time yes mm. and then on to diesel uh, at dollar thirty in on central coast dollar thirty four in Newcastle and dollar twenty eight in sydney
0: and now are you going to tell me about the brent crude <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, can we come to that after?
0: Oh, after? Okay. Henry?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, Henry will be talking about it. Yeah. He too will have the good oil on that. One commodity we haven't touched on is chocolate after <laughs> yeah. Easter. How, um, how do you think the chocolate index is going?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably down now that supply is, has, uh, has decreased. So, I'm sure the price is probably off from what it was last week.
0: Okay. So, there's an opportunity for us all to help the chocolate index. Yeah, that's right. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. And Brett Hall, we're talking to Henry Jennings.
1: Hi, Henry. How are you? Good,
2: Brett. How are you? We good. haven't spoken before.
1: Yes. And how, yes. Was, how was your Easter last week? You're on. You're away.
2: Um, no, I was um, just in and out, so no, it okay. was good. Thanks.
1: Yeah, very good. good. All right, yeah. lots to talk about this week. Yeah,
2: there few... certainly is. There's so... always lots to talk about.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, so maybe first on the uh, the market, we still haven't made the six thousand points yet
2: no no we've been uh, we 've been creeping up towards it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we nearly got there the other day um, but um the 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 rate cut that was hoped for on Tuesday didn't eventuate, which has kind of put mm-hmm. a bit of a bit a, of a, a, um, a bit of a hammer in the, in the, in the spokes. Yep. so um, we, we seem to have sort of backed off a little bit We're down a little bit today, but we're still knocking on that door of 6,000, and I suspect mm-hmm. um, it won't take much to push us through it.
1: So you think we'll get there before the, uh, the next rate announcement.
2: I think it's, you know, we're only 50 points away. It's only going to take um, a decent uh, night on the Dow for us to, uh, to tap on that 6000 <laughs> door.
1: Very good. So uh, what was your prediction prior to the, uh, the, the announcement of the... Uh,
2: of I was the going for no rate cuts, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, I was firmly of the belief that the RBA would wait and see, yep. especially as the last rate cut didn't seem to do anything. Mm. So there's only you know, they've only got so many uh, bullets in their um, in their holster, I guess, in their gun mm-hmm. um, to fire. And if they um, if they fire blanks and nothing happens, yep. then um, they're, they're going to be in in problems. So I think you know it'd be good for them to to wait and see if if the last rate cut does anything and whether it was a blank or whether it was a live round.
1: Yeah, and it seems that most economists were thinking that the rate would uh, would actually be dropped. Is that...
2: Well, it's, it, yeah, certainly most people, mm. uh, most um, most of the big economists were uh, were certainly suggesting that uh, there would be a rate cut. But uh, mm-hmm. I was of the view, not that I'm an economist, <laughs> uh, that, that they would wait, um, bearing in mind the sort of the strength of the housing market yep. um, at the moment. And it, do
1: you think that's a big reason why the rates weren't um, decreased because of well, the, the I housing think so. market?
2: I think it's certainly something in the back of uh, Mr Stevens's mind at the moment and also you know we've we've had uh, a stimulatory effect from uh, from the uh, the fall in the petrol price which has certainly helped mm-hmm. um and as a result maybe he didn't feel the need and as I say there didn't seem to be a lot of reaction to the last rate cut so as a result he may find that um, he can do more good with the rate cut later in the year when maybe the, uh, the government is slowing down um, oh. you know, public spending. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, so, so moving on to the market and I know uh, some of the fund managers have been saying that the Australian equities are, are quite expensive or very expensive even.
2: Well, they're certainly not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they've. I don't know if they sneaked into the very, very expensive territory, but there's certainly there's few bargains around. But having said that, it hasn't stopped our market going up, and the, the same old um, suspects seem to be the ones pushing the market again. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's the yield stock. This has been the prevailing story, I guess, for the last two or three years. Is is this uh, this yield argument? And you know, if you if you look around at um, term deposit rates and you look at what you can get by investing uh, your money in national bank shares. Or Commonwealth Bank shares, it's a pretty compelling argument why you would invest in shares yep. and not in um, term deposits. Yep. So you know, while fully franked yields are still sort of nudging seven, seven and a bit percent for the banks, mm. it's hard to argue with that given that you know we live in a, a climate where there are some countries that are actually um, charging you to leave money in the bank.
1: Yep, that's right. And do you think uh, you know? The GFC and people have started to forget about the the losses that that happened, and this confidence coming back, and that's why people.
2: Um, I, I think people have got long memories for for losses, and uh, I think it takes a little bit longer for confidence to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we certainly haven't seen a, a mass um, sort of embrace yet by the. Um, uh, the, the mums and dads investors, mm-hmm. um, you know, they seem to be content at the moment, or not content, but they seem to be piling into residential property as an investment class mm-hmm. uh, over shares, although you know, the share price is oh, knocking on the door of 6,000, but it's a long way from 6,869, which we saw. Um, and we are getting you know, the banks very much in demand on this yield argument, same with Telstra, whereas the resource stocks are very much on the nose still. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: All right, and um, so a few other things: the the iron ore price. Um,
2: Well, that's horrible, isn't it? mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 a it's a real um, disaster, really. The iron ore price, and you know, we've become as a country so reliant on the uh, on the tax receipts from our iron uh, ore miners that um, it's now become an increasingly um, horrible migraine, I guess, for 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 Joe and Joe Mm -hmm. at the Treasury. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's it was a problem for the Labour government and the iron ore price was 80 to $90 when they were in power. Yep. Now it's $45, $50 um, and looking as if it could head south again. Yep. Um, it's becoming increasingly a massive, massive problem for the government. And also, more importantly, I guess from a stock market perspective, it's becoming a massively um, massive problem for the third tier or second tier uh, iron ore miners, which are really, really struggling. They're, they're late mm. to the party. They rode the wave when the times were good and we saw... You know, $100, $150 a tonne iron ore, mm-hmm. and now, of course, when you've got a third of that price, uh, and most of them are completely underwater as far as their uh, cost of production goes, um, mm-hmm. we're starting to see some casualties emerge, and what we've seen this week, Atlas Iron, which is one of the, the biggest second-tier iron ore producers, go into a trading halt, and um, it may be they never come out, we're not sure yet, but um, certainly there is some speculation mm-hmm. that, um, that they will struggle, um, they are struggling big time.
0: This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and & Partners and it's our market snapshot with Henry Jennings and Brett Hall. Mm-hmm.
1: Hi, Henry. You're back.
2: I'm back, Brett.
1: Very good. So yep. these, uh, the Google tax, which I think they're, uh, they're, they're calling it with the uh, <laughs> technology companies and the uh, perception yeah, no, that they're uh, taking money offshore and, and not paying tax in Australia.
2: Was- well, this is the, uh, this is the allegation mm. um, so um, you know, there's been a Senate inquiry this week, and I guess what the problem is for, for governments around the world, and they're wrestling with this, is that these uh, global companies that, um, that make their money on a, on a kind of a global basis, mm. um, they tend to organize their tax affairs um, as... Um, most people trying to do to, to avoid paying as much tax as they, as they have to mm-hmm. and as a result they tend to domicile in places like Luxembourg or Singapore or even Ireland um, where they don't pay a lot of tax and they shuffle the profits over to there and they put the costs onto their um, places like Australia etc mm-hmm. and there are an awful lot of countries that seem to be missing out on this revenue mm-hmm. whilst um, countries like Luxembourg and Singapore have made, um, you know, have made uh, you know, great inroads into attracting these businesses to their low tax environment. So yeah. um, the, um, the Australian government is trying to clamp down on this and at the moment they've got uh, a number of audits going on into some of these big companies the Googles, the Apples and the Microsofts Yep. of this world. Um, it remains to be seen what can be done, and there's certainly there is a global push um, to do this. And, you know, as the tax uh, commissioner said, you know, the tax laws were written um, in, a, in an era when, um, when we didn't even really have wireless. They were written in 1920, some of the tax <laughs> laws for this country. So yeah. um, it, it, it's very hard for, um, for legislation at yep. the moment, and it has, it's running to catch up, but um, we'll wait and see whether it does.
1: And I think they've actually introduced in the UK, they've started to... Uh
2: to, yeah. yeah, well, they, they have put a, what they call, a, I guess, a Google tax in the UK. Mm. Um, and also, interestingly, there was a little bit of, um, of um, kind of um, people's power in terms of that. Uh, you know, there was a social media campaign to, to boycott some of the, the businesses that weren't paying their fair share of tax yep. in the country they were making the profits. Yep. Um, and as a result, those companies have actually um, voluntarily. Um, started paying more tax because mm. their businesses were suffering. Whether we could um, apply that to the Apples and the and the, uh, the Facebooks <laughs> and the Googles of this world remains to be seen in Australia, but um, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice idea.
1: But I think it also, I mean there's an issue there that it could work in return as well I mean, Rio as an example would earn a fair amount of its revenue from, from international, from China as an example and so it's an Australian company and yep. you know, I guess the Chinese could say, well, Rio's not paying tax here. So. Well,
2: yeah, but you know the, the profits. of The company is 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 based in Australia. It's, mm-hmm. it's it earns you know the, the products it produces are made in Australia. The fact that they're sold overseas yep. um, is is not really the way tax works, I guess. I mean, you're an right. you're an accountant. You know more about this than I would. But certainly, you know the um, the people like Google and, and Apple that make their product. Um, in Australia, and have their people based here, and their R&D, etc., yep. and their income is generated here, should be paying a, a bigger and fairer share of tax. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. All right. Um, so just moving on now. So the uh, so I think in that, that Senate inquiry, there was also talk about the uh, the, the dividend imputation and not that uh, not having that cancelled.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean. This government's unpopular enough as it is, let's face mm-hmm. it. I mean, if they, if they cancelled out dividend imputation, yeah. um, it would wreck the status quo of the stock market. Mm-hmm. The Abbott government would be responsible, I'd say, for at least a 15% fall in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'd be an awful lot of unhappy self-managed super funds, a lot of unhappy self-funded retirees, fact, an awful lot of uh, unhappy investors full stop, yeah. um, and I think that this government is not that courageous no. or brave enough or even stupid enough <laughs> to commit harry-carry on um, this sort of uh, initiative. Yeah. Um, you know, after, after last year's debacle with a budget that still most of it hasn't passed, and they're still struggling with some of the key elements and never will get it passed, um, I think it would be absolute political and economic suicide. To, uh, to to fiddle with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. All right, and probably our last issue is um, is Harvey Norman. Um, Harvey think, Norman. Yes, Harvey um, Norman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, it's it's uh, seeing some improvement from from uh, in its sales from because of that housing housing boom.
2: Well, I guess you know we have got the 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 mother of all housing booms going on in Australia at the moment, mm. and certainly, especially in, in places like Sydney and Melbourne, where we're seeing a massive influx of uh, overseas money. Uh, we're seeing also uh, anecdotally, I mean, because no one seems to be able to measure it, but certainly um, there is overseas money piling into this this. this uh, market, yep. uh, and we're also seeing a lot of um, self-managed super funds mm-hmm. and a lot of investors buying property um, because the yields, well, because money's so cheap, yep. uh, and the yields are not too bad. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a big believer in shares over property, but um, you know, at the moment, that that is something that is. That is happening, and one of the ways that people are playing this, of course, is to leverage into stocks like Harvey Norman, which supplies a lot of white goods, a lot of plasma TVs, uh, rugs, carpets, floor tiles—you name it—all those sorts of things that Harvey Norman does. Um, and it's hard uh, to get exposure to property. Yeah, mm-hmm. Indirectly, I guess, um, without looking at stocks like Harvey Normans of this world and, and you know maybe the bunnings and those sorts of things, which you know is, is through West farmers yep. so they, they are enjoying a, a, a good uh, one of the few retailers I guess at the moment that, that is enjoying a, uh, a, a good time mm-hmm. based on the property market i guess and a place like the good guys and uh, Bingley to some extent on white goods, but they haven 't probably yep. got the breadth or the listing effectively, the,
1: in the products and, yeah. uh,
2: that, uh, that Harvey Harvey Norman have in, in terms of the bathrooms, the kitchen, you know, you mm-hmm. name it. Harvey Norman have got a franchise that covers that. So, um, so they are doing well. The stock's rallied from you know, low threes to, um, to low fours in terms of dollars um, in the last sort of six months. So, mm-hmm. um, But they're, they're doing well on the back of that property market.
1: Mm, that's good. All right, Henry. That's, that, that's it for today. Thank you very, very much for your time. It's yeah. much appreciated.
0: Yeah. Our Market Snapshot with Henry Jennings, and we'll talk to you again next week, Henry. On to a new RFM. It is 19 to 1, and this is Thursday Finance. And Brett Hall?
1: Yes, Jane. So uh, we're going to have a chat today uh, with uh, Detective Inspector Matt Craft, um, who's got uh, over 20 years experience. Um, and we're going to have a, have a talk to, to Matt about uh, crime and online fraud, etc., cetera, uh, which is a, a bit of a, I guess, a, a growing problem in Australia. And um, I know myself, I, I get regular emails um, from what I suspect is, you know, uh, fraudsters trying to, to catch um, me out, and I'm not sure most people are the same. And um, so, Matt, uh, thanks for, for taking the time to chat with us today. And um, what, what sort of things can we do um, to 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 help protect ourselves from from these fraudsters.
3: Look, there's some things, simple things you can do. And it's if you receive an unsolicited email or phone call, you should treat it with suspicion. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody uh, sends you an email you don't know who it is, you haven't actually requested that service or advice, the best thing that you can do is just delete it, not reply, mm-hmm. and, and certainly don't provide any of your personal information yep. under any circumstances to anybody that you don't know or you can't identify. That's probably some of the, the most basic rules that you can follow.
1: Yeah, right. So I guess for some people it can be can be difficult. I mean, even um, I'm a tax agent and I even get emails, from you know fraudulent emails from what? Uh, from forces purporting to be from the tax office, as an example, and sometimes they're very clever in making them look look legitimate. Um, is it best for us just to, to delete those? I mean, I guess some concerns for people might be uh, that it, it could be a real email. So is there any way for us to easily distinguish what, what's a fake and, and what's a real one?
3: Look, there's, there's not, and this is where it becomes very, very difficult. Um, mm. But please, your listeners need to be mindful. that The tax office or your, your your financial institution or the State Debt Recovery Office mm. certainly don't regularly correspond with people via email. Mm. Um, so you should treat it with suspicion. And if you have concerns, you should get on to the uh, internet, contact, say, for instance, the tax office, look up a general number for the tax office and mm. make that call to confirm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if people are or um, suspect that they've received one of these email um, emails, there's a new... Uh, uh, initiative that's been launched by the Commonwealth Government, which is called the ACORN, which is the Australian Cybercrime Online Reporting Network. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is that uh, as law enforcement, we need to really get a really good picture on what's happening out there in the cybercrime space. So this reporting, this ACORN system, mm-hmm. allows um, uh, your listeners or anybody at all within Australia to report um Cybercrime crime issues, any cyber crime issues, to law enforcement. It can be done from the comfort of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a simple re- online reporting uh, network, and it's a really, really good initiative for law enforcement.
1: And how, how, how would our listeners get access to that?
3: Well, they could simply, uh, you know, uh, look up ACORN, yep. A-C-O-R-N, mm-hmm. um, and, and it comes up. Yep. and uh, they can just follow the prompt to report a matter, and that goes directly to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. If it's a matter where, the, say, for instance, the offenders in New South Wales, it'll be reported to New South Wales Police. If it's in Queensland, it gets reported to Queensland. So it's a really good, effective way of uh, mm. fighting the threat of cybercrime.
1: Yep. And I guess what, why uh, what, what are the most important reasons to report it? I mean, I guess um, some people might think, well, it was only you know $100 or it was only a small amount. I won't worry about reporting it. But I, I think that's probably, would you suggest they still should report it, even for, you know, $100 is still a lot, but some people might think, well you know, it's not worth it, the police aren't going to, uh, you know, use their valuable time to try and track down someone for for $100. Well,
3: that's not necessarily true. New South Wales Police doesn't make a determination on what frauds get investigated based Mm -hmm. on a dollar amount. Um, It's about solvability, but we're keen, the New South Wales Police is keen to hear from all victims of Mm. fraud, we need to really build up that picture of what's happening, mm-hmm. um, and people can report fraud a number of ways. They can just call into their local police station. Um, if it's a cyber-related matter, they can report it on ACORN, um, but we would encourage everybody. Put aside yep. the embarrassment. We yep. accept that. Um, we're professionals, but it's about helping you. Because, uh, for instance, uh, one, if somebody's a victim of uh, a fraud, we well, may have a current investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't know that. So it's very important that all matters are reported to the police and then yep. we can give them some tips on uh, how they can avoid being a victim in the future.
1: Yep, that's right. And I guess, you know, if, if a fraudster's taking a small quantity from a large quantity of people, so a small amount from a large quantity of people, it can soon become a large, a, a much larger value.
3: That's so, right. You mm-hmm. just shouldn't assume that we're not prepared to assist because, mm-hmm. you know, in very, really we are. We are very keen to yep. follow up on all fraud related matters.
2: Yep.
1: And I think, as you said, you know, it no one should be embarrassed because some of them are very, very clever.
3: They are extremely clever. Mm. Uh, extremely clever. Uh, yep. and, and that sort of, there's a State Debt Recovery Office email that's coming around at the moment. There's a bit of a fraud happening there where there is an email that's purporting to be from the State Debt Recovery Office. It looks very official and yep. it's asking you to click on a link and that then uploads a whole lot of viruses into your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for instance, that's one scam that's running around at the moment. Now, the State Debt Recovery Office certainly don't send out tickets or photographs of offences via email. So yep. it's one of those matters where really it should just be deleted and, and reported.
1: Yeah, great. So what we'll do is we'll just take a quick break. When we come back, we'll actually find out, you know, for example, there it may not just be uh, monetary that, that they're attempting to get. There's probably some other consequences.
0: This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and & Partners, and Brett Hall. We're talking to Detective Inspector Matt Craft from the Fraud and Cybercrime Squad because we know they're out there, these fraudsters, who are trying to get their hands on our money.
1: That's right. And, and Matt, would, would you say it's a, it's a growing um, problem that, that we have in Australia or has it... As, you know, is it levelling out?
3: Look, fraud is always of concern to the New South Wales Police and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have seen a, a rise in the number of matters reported to the police. And mm-hmm. But by, in that, uh, we're still keen to hear from people if sure. they are defrauded. But the best thing that we can do is educate
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, people on how they can best protect themselves mm-hmm. um, from becoming a victim of fraud as well.
1: Yep. So I know there's some, some um, schemes out there where... Um, they're saying that they've actually got – they're not asking for anything in particular initially, uh, I guess. They're, they're saying they, they're holding money for you, you know, potentially a, um, a beneficiary of a wealthy aunt or uncle. Um, and they're asking for initially just ID, etc., Um but not asking for money. So is, what, what, what would they be sort of trying to get here?
3: ultimate goal is to relieve you of your hard-earned funds so they mm. start off small there's a number of steps that they uh um, complete um and a part of it's about getting your confidence so if you receive one of these emails where they say that you've won a lottery that you know mm. there's an inheritance. Um, you know yourself whether that's true, it needs to yeah. pass the pub test and if, you're, if you're <laughs> unsure, um, you 're unsure, you talk to a trusted friend or relative about the likelihood of this occurring, yep. but uh, you, you know almost you know, every occasion they are frauds, and uh, yep. they 're just after your personal information be very very wary
1: and, and what what would they do with someone 's personal information once they received it
3: well, there's a number of things if, if depending on how much personal information they receive. They can mm-hmm. then go on to commit fraud um, in your name. Mm. Uh, for instance, they can open up bank accounts, redirect mail, get different cards issued. So there's a range of things that they can do. Mm. Um, and that's. But the, once again, this is quite simply um, prevented by not providing personal information to anybody that you don't know mm. and you can't confirm on the phone or on the internet. Um, just don't do it.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think there was a story some time ago, some two young guys that, that traveled, um, I don't think they were Australian, but they traveled and they landed in the country and when they arrived, they were arrested because, um, they'd been, um, victims of identity theft and someone had traveled that country, committed crimes under their identity and they had to then prove themselves innocent.
3: Mm. And mm. identity theft is an important thing that the New South Wales Police is, is uh, tackling right now. Mm. Um, it's becoming more prevalent, um, and, and I think it's about that awareness that you know your date of birth, your name, where you live, all of those things should remain confidential. Mm-hmm. Destroy bank statements. Once you don't need them, just don't throw any important documents in the bin. Actually destroy them, whether that means ripping them up, shredding them, burning them. Yep. Um, just don't dispose of them.
1: Yep, that's great. All right, so um, I know another area uh, is eBay and um, Gumtree. A lot of people, I guess, purchase items from through those websites and often ask to transfer money to, to when they've purchased, when successfully, purchased, successfully purchased a good. Uh, what, what's the safest way to, I guess, conduct these transactions when you don't know the person on the other end?
3: Look, and this is a, an issue um, that remains uh, prominent for us, and we're keen to, to talk about it. It's just that the eBay and the Gum, Gumtree um, sites, they're all great sites and they offer a great service, mm. but people need to become familiar with the terms and conditions that are applicable to those sites. And by that I mean that if somebody, if you are successful, you've won an item, and then they say, right, can you deposit the... Um, uh, the cash directly into my account. Yep. And this is somebody on the other end of a computer that you don't know and that you've never met. Mm-hmm. You can't verify who they are. It's fraught with danger. Yep. Make sure you follow the terms and conditions. You, you know, eBay offer you, for instance, protections. If you do follow their rules and procedures in in terms of using PayPal and things like that, just be very wary and I would uh, advise um, your listeners not to pay for items directly into somebody else's bank account because once that money's transferred, Mm -hmm. generally it's gone and and there are scammers out there who will put items on on, uh on eBay, for yep. instance,
1: yep. and uh, they may not even exist. Yeah, right. So, what's the process? In, in, let's say that um, I purchased from somebody uh, on on eBay, a, uh, an iPhone, as an example, and I transferred the money, and then the goods never arrived, and I was unsuccessful in contacting them through the, the, the I guess, the email address that they had provided to me. What what, what process would should uh, should people take from from there?
3: Look, the, the eBay do have some. Um Resolution procedures on their website, so I'd encourage people to um, follow those first, read them, um, make every attempt they can to resolve it themselves. Mm -hmm. And if eBay are unable to assist, then and if they believe it's a fraud, if a a fraud's been committed, that they can come and approach the New South Wales Police. Yep. And uh, you know, depending on the circumstances, um, we can investigate it.
1: Yep. So if not successful going through eBay. Or Gumtree first. Um, still having problems? Then go to local police station or to Acorn
3: yeah, but and report right. it. The, 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 but both sites do offer local uh, res, uh, dispute resolution procedure. Yeah. They have them there.
1: Okay, very good. And so, is there any other, I guess, uh, scams or something that you're seeing um, appearing that, that maybe some of our listeners haven't haven't heard about?
3: Oh, probably the, the other one that I'd like to highlight is is that particular one that I mentioned before where an email sent purporting to be say for instance from the State Debt Recovery Office that says look you've received a speeding ticket Um, click on the link below and you can you can see the details Mm -hmm. as soon as you click on the link below um, your computer becomes infected and then they then say well if you deposit $500 into this account or send it via Western Union, whatever the case may be. Yep. It'll be unlocked for you. So just be aware that the tax office, um, you know, the state debt recovery office, a lot of the government departments don't communicate yep. to members of the community in that way, and just right. the emails.
1: Very good. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matt. It's been uh, great talking to you and we'll probably get you on again in the not-too-distant future. It's um, been very informative and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate all your advice. And
0: there are always plenty of fraudsters around. Matt Craft, Detective Inspector from the Fraud and Cybercrime Squad in New South Wales. And that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Brett Hall. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news on 2 RFM. News coming up next and then Julian Campbell with Business, the Law and You.